So I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but uh, scientists say that for those of us who live north of the equator, the longest night of the year, the longest night of the year, the winter solstice is coming up, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, a week from this Wednesday, December 21st. That's the longest night of the year. But I'll tell you what, any kid worth their salt will tell you that is not the longest night of the year. It is Christmas Eve, right? Where kids all around the world wake up their parents a couple of times, say, Mom, Dad, is it time for Christmas yet? Is it time? And of course, when they ask that question, what they're really asking is, is it time to open up our presents? And to be fair, Christmas is fun, and it's an exciting time, right, to exchange and open up our presents. But even greater than that is the fact that Christmas is time for us to celebrate God's gift to this world in Jesus. In fact, God, the Bible says that God chose the precise moment in time for Jesus to arrive. So when Jesus was born, it wasn't some random event. It was all part of God's plan. God chose the exact time in history for Jesus to be born. And that's what Pastor Dave read just a moment ago from Galatians 4. Look at this. It says, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, to redeem those under the law that we might redeem adoption to sonship. So God waited until just the right time, until the time had fully come to send Jesus. And yet, while it is true that Christmas is time, time to exchange an open presence, and also, most importantly, time to celebrate God's gift of Jesus, I would like to argue that for, for all of you sitting here, for all of you watching me online right now, that Christmas is also time for a couple of other things. For example... Christmas is time to release your fears, to just let it, let them go. I, I understand the holidays can be stressful and they can leave you worried and maybe fearful. Maybe it's because of a health issue. Maybe it's the economy, right? Maybe it's all the bills you have to pay. Maybe it's something with your kids. I, the list goes on and on. But this Christmas, God comes to you and he says, look, don't be afraid. Let go of your worries, release your fears. If you think about it, 2,000 years ago, before the very first Christmas, Joseph, I'm thinking, wrestled with some fear. The Bible tells us that Joseph was a righteous man, and he was going to quietly break off the engagement to Mary, and maybe it was because he was afraid, partly not only of what people might say about them, but might they, what, what they might also do to Mary, Look at what the angel says to Joseph in a dream. Look at this. In Matthew 1, it says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph, don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Same message the angel gave to the shepherds on that first Christmas morning, right? In Luke 2, verse 10. Read those words with me. What does he say? Do not be afraid. Right. So no matter what you're facing, what you're facing, Christmas is a time to release your fears. Two weeks ago, I talked about how Jesus announced in John 8, verse 12, these words. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus wants you to know that Christmas is a time when he can free you from the darkness 
of your worries and your fears, from the darkness of your problems and your troubles, from the darkness of your uncertainties or whatever may have you uneasy at this time. And he can do that because, of course, Jesus is God. He's your Emmanuel. He's God with you. So he's right there with you in your fears and your worries. He's right there with you in your problems and your troubles. And I know, I get this, I've been there. I know it is easy and tempting to think that sometimes life feels like it's out of control, but it is never out of God's control. Understand that. It is never out of his control. He loves you, he can handle whatever you are facing. So this Christmas, God invites you to say, saying, you know, don't worry, don't be afraid, release your fears. It's time, release those fears. Second, Christmas is also time to renew your faith. Contrary to popular opinion, Christmas is not about Santa Claus and Rudolph and hours and hours of Hallmark Christmas movies, as popular as those might be. It's about God and his love and grace flowing to this earth in a tiny little baby, isn't it? It's about God in the person of Jesus coming to this earth so as to provide for you forgiveness and eternal life, right? And so Christmas is also time. It's time to renew, to bolster, to strengthen your faith in that amazing good news. Look at this, in in Isaiah 61, it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me uh, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. The coming of the Messiah, Jesus, back then was good news and it's good news for us today. Again, the angel speaking to the shepherds says this in Luke 2.10, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So yes, Christmas is time. It's time to renew your faith in this amazingly, incredibly good news of God's love for this world in Jesus Christ. And what's interesting is how God's good news it seems to just get better and better, especially in light of the bad news of this world, which just seems to get worse and worse. Think about it. If you contrast what you learn from TV versus what you learn from God's word, if you contrast what you read on social media versus what you read in the Bible, you'll see how they are radically different sources of news, aren't they? The good news of Christmas can renew your faith. And that happens, one of the ways that that can happen is by you taking the time to to read God's word. And you know, just a a couple of, you know, 10 minutes or so to read a couple chapters a day, or or maybe you wanna um, grab one of these devotional booklets that we have available. They're absolutely free. They're right outside there in in the commons. Grab one of those, or maybe it's something else that you're gonna wanna use but take time to renew your faith this Christmas by reading God's word and being filled with that good news. And, and I know we're kind of half, well, we're we're more than halfway through the month of, well, we're about halfway through. What's today's date? We're not even close, are we? The 10th. Well, we're getting close to getting through this month. But anyway, in the new year, in the new year, sign up for a small group. Get into, get into a, a small group where you can, with other Christians, can, where, where you can get in, dig into God's word and, lean, and learn even more about the power of that good news. All right. Well, good news, um, the Christmas is also a time to renew your faith by reminding you uh, of some other things. And this is all good news. And again, it bolsters your faith. For example, Christmas can renew your faith by reminding you that you matter to God. You do. 
And I don't know about you, that blows my mind because God knows everything about me, right? The good and the bad and the ugly, and there's lots of bad and ugly stuff about me. And yet he still, he still loves me. Heaven only knows why, but I matter to him. I am precious in his sight, and so are you. So are you. God loves you, and he demonstrated that love by coming again to this earth in the person of Jesus so that you could be cleansed and forgiven, so that you could have a relationship with him now and for all eternity. So yeah, you matter to God. And knowing that, knowing that truth can help renew your faith. It can help, um, it can help renew and, and bolster your faith, just knowing that you matter to him. Second, Christmas renews your faith by reminding you that you were not created by accident. God had a plan for you when you were born. That plan still exists today. And that plan is for you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and to tell other people about him. And when you do that, you ex- when you experience the joy and the, and the purpose of, of this plan that God has for your life, it, it renews your faith. It bolsters your faith. It's like, yes, I am not, I have a reason for being here. I'm not just some accident. Third, Christmas renews your faith by reminding you that God wants you to know him just as much as he knows you. God does not want to be a secret to you. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came so that you could know who God is, so that you can know what he's like, right? And if God wanted to relate to birds, he would have become a bird. If he wanted to relate to dogs, he would have become a dog. He wanted to relate to you. So he became a human being. He became a human being. Uh, and, and I share that because today there are a lot of non-Christian religions, uh, and, and you may be familiar with them, that talk about trying to relate to some spirit or impersonal force. And honestly, I don't have the foggiest idea of what they're talking about. But when I open up the Bible and I read about how God became a person in Jesus, and, and I can read about how he talked and how he thought and how he related to people and how he lived, I get that, right? That makes sense to me. It's kind of like the little boy who was going to bed one evening and he cries out to his dad. He says, daddy, I need you to come in here to be with me because I'm afraid of the dark. And the dad says, just grab hold of your teddy bear. You'll be fine. He said, no, daddy, I want somebody with skin on. Guess what? I want a God with skin on. I do. You know why? Because that's the kind of God that can relate to me. That's the kind of God that can understand how I feel or what I'm going through. And that's the kind of God we have. We have a God who came to this earth so that we can know him and relate to him and enjoy his gifts of of, of forgiveness and eternal life. And, And what I really love is that God's gift in Jesus to you is personal, right? God cared enough about you to give the very best himself himself. And, as Je- and, and so Jesus came to this earth so we can enjoy his blessings. Jesus says in John 10, verse 10, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. And I'll tell you right now, when you know that, right, when you know about the God who knows you, oh, it renews your faith. It does. So Christmas is a time to release your fears. Second, it is a time to renew or bolster your faith. Third, Christmas is also a time to receive God's forgiveness. God sent Jesus to this earth, right? What was Jesus' job? It wasn't to be a salesman because the world didn't need another product. It wasn't to be a politician because the world didn't need more diplomacy. It wasn't to become a scientist so that, you know, because the world needed information. 
Jesus came to be our savior because the world needed to be saved from its sins. In his dream, the angel speaks to Joseph and says this, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. And there it is because he will save his people from their sins. God had to send Jesus to be our savior because the Bible says heaven is a perfect place. And that's good news, right? If heaven's a perfect place, there's no sin, there's no suffering, there's no sorrow, there's no pain, none of that. That's good news. The bad news is that because heaven is a perfect place, everybody who goes there must be perfect as well. That means I can't get in. It means you can't get in. It means nobody can get in on who, you know, based on who they are or what they do because nobody's perfect. Right? We, we, we aren't. And I know it's tempting to think of ourselves as being good compared to what, you know, axe murderers and child molesters and rapists out there. But the Bible doesn't say that good people get into heaven, does it? It says that absolutely perfect people get into heaven. So now we've got a problem, don't we? Heaven is this perfect place. God wants all of us to be in this perfect place called heaven with him, but we can't get in on our own because we aren't perfect. So what does God do? Uh, filled with love. God comes in with plan B. Plan B is God comes to earth. That's right. God, in the person of Jesus, leaves the glory of his throne and comes here so that we can get into heaven on his ticket. A ticket paid for with his blood. A ticket that we receive in faith. By the power of the Holy Spirit working in you, you believe you trust that Jesus is your savior, right? You know you want to go to heaven. You know you can't get into heaven on your own because you're imperfect. But the Holy Spirit allows you to believe that because of Jesus, you can get in through faith and trusting in him, right? You needed someone to meet your need to be perfect. Jesus, check. You need somebody to take the punishment that you deserve for all the times that you acted in a way that was imperfect. Jesus, check. Right? So you needed a savior. You cannot save yourself. So you needed a savior. It reminds me of a time when I was back in college and, and a friend of mine was a lifeguard and I always thought it'd be cool to be a lifeguard. But he said, it's, it's not as easy as you might think. He said, especially when we're training, we have to pretend, we have to practice saving somebody who's drowning. And, and so there's somebody who's pretending to drown. And he said, what I learned right away is you cannot save someone who's trying to save themselves. You can't do that. You have to wait for them to relax and stop flailing around before you can go, go and, and wrap your arm around them and, and drag them to shore. So as long as they are in panic mode, if you try to save them in panic mode, they will drag you down with them. So you have to wait for them to stop saving themselves before you can swim out to save them. I, I, that, wow. God wants to save you. Christ wants to be your savior. Just understand, you can't Save yourself, though. you got to stop trying to earn your way into heaven. It, it, it won't work, okay? What works is this. It's going to God in humble repentance and saying, God, I don't deserve your forgiveness, but based on what Jesus Christ earned for me through his death on the cross, I beg for your mercy. And you know what God's response is? You got it. As a gift of my grace, you have my forgiveness. Wow. In John 3, 17, Jesus says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You see that? Jesus didn't come to condemn us, but to save us, to deal with our sin and guilt problem. So yes, Christmas is time. It's time to release your fears. It is time to renew and bolster your faith. But I would argue that Christmas is also the perfect time to receive God's forgiveness. Fourth, 
Christmas is time to rebuild your relationships. Christmas really is a great time to try to heal and restore a relationship that might be damaged. And this might be a relationship in your family, or it might be a relationship with a neighbor or a friend or maybe somebody at work or school, it doesn't matter. But Christmas is a, is a perfect time. It's a great time to try to uh, rebuild, restore, reconcile those broken relationships. When the angels, and this is not just the angel, this is the whole company of the angels that were there on that first Christmas morning. When they announced Jesus' birth to the shepherds, they say this in Luke 2.14, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests, peace. So yes, Christmas is time for you to experience peace with God through faith in Christ, but it's also time for you to experience peace with those around you. And this is big, this is huge. Because if you're like most normal families, sometimes Christmas can not be peaceful, right? There cannot, there's, sometimes there isn't harmony, there's conflict. And sometimes it's because you're spending extended amounts of time with people that you may not necessarily like or get along with. And, and maybe it's because there's a grudge or resentment that is, you know, going on in there. Maybe there's some kind of uh, hurt or, or maybe there's, um, you know, some kind of mistake that happened. Either, whatever it is, there's something going on that has created distance between you and people that shouldn't, there, there shouldn't be that distance. And so Christmas, I think, is a beautiful opportunity to, to reduce that distance, to shrink that down, to try to rebuild those, those broken, damaged relationships. And, and maybe somebody's coming to your mind right now, okay? It, you know, call them. Maybe you can sit down and have lunch together, right? Maybe it's something else. Or may, but think about it. Who do you need to go to to ask for forgiveness? Who do you need to go to to offer forgiveness? If somebody's coming to mind, write their name down or just their initials on your sermon outline, do that because you will forget them later this before you head out into the parking lot, I guarantee it. Write it down so you can connect with them today, today. Don't wait. First John 1 verse 7 says, if we walk in the light as God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. When the light of Christ's love is in you, true fellowship can happen. Okay, when the Prince of Peace is ruling in your heart, peace can take place. So yes, Christmas is time to you know, certainly release your fears, to renew and bolster your faith, to receive God's forgiveness, but it is also a time to rebuild any broken or damaged relationships. All right, let me just give you a quick quiz. Make sure you're all paying attention here. And I just want you to shout out the answers as I go through these. You can certainly look at your notes if you were taking notes, but here we go. First, Christmas is time to release your fears. That's right. Your fears, your worries, you know, whatever's got you stressed out, let it go. Remember, God loves you. He's in control. He can handle it. Second, Christmas is time to renew your faith. Very good. It is time for God. God wants you to take this time to dig into his word and learn more about his plan for your life, who he is, what he's done. Know him as much as he knows you. Third, Christmas is time to receive God's forgiveness. Amen, right? Go to God if you haven't yet and just say, God, please forgive me. And then trust that because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, it's exactly what you will receive, his forgiveness. And then fourth, Christmas is time to rebuild your relationships. Yeah. Once you have a restored relationship with God through faith in Christ, do everything you can to restore your relationships 
with those around you, those relationships that might be broken or damaged. All right, well, let me just challenge you in a couple of ways this week. First, trust God with your fears and worries. If you have something that has left you uneasy or uncertain, just bring it to God, your Emmanuel, God with you. Let it go, give it to him and trust that he can handle it. Second, ask God for the courage to reconcile your damaged relationships. Don't wait a moment longer, seriously. Uh, If there's a relationship that has some hurt going on, right now ask God for the courage, the time uh, to to get together with that person and, and restore that relationship and to bless that. And then third, invite someone to come to Christmas Eve worship with you. Uh, Some of you received one of these, maybe you didn't. Grab one on your way out, um, but invite them to come so that they also will be able to enjoy the fact that Christmas is time for a lot of things, but most importantly, for us to celebrate the gift of God's love in Jesus. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Christmas. Thank you that you cared enough to send us your very best in Jesus. Help us to see that Christmas is also, though, a time when we can go to you and replace our fear, release our fears, renew our faith, receive your grace and forgiveness, and rebuild and restore our relationships. Father, we love you. We really do. And I just pray that our worship of you this coming Christmas would reflect that love of you. We pray all this in the great and holy name of Jesus. And all God's people said... Amen.